The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back to the X-Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, coming to you live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. one 877 is toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. That's one 877 528 Wait a minute. one 877 528 right? 5-7. Gosh, I forgot our toll-free number. One eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five. That's it. Oh, it's been one of those days, Exxon Nation. Welcome back with us. And uh, joining me this hour is Brian David Anderson, and we're going to be talking about Earth changes this hour. And Brian, how are you tonight? Oh, very good. Good to be back again. Now you've uh, you've done a lot of work over the last uh, couple of weeks, and uh, you've got something to share with us. Uh. Well, again, we're, I was going to go right into the uh, where we're at on the Moon Earth uh, right. type of thing, and so uh, what we are uh, uh, looking at here right now is something a little bit different than before. Uh, within about five hours, the Moon is going to move into a position where it is 120 degrees away from the Sun, mm-hmm. uh, with, with using the Earth as somewhat like a pivot point. And before we've always looked at it where the sun is either conjunct, which means it's in the same spot as the sun, the sun and moon are in the same position, or it's what's called a square, which that's 90 degrees, or opposition, which is 180. Now, both in astrology and in geometry, uh, it is known that when you have uh, the, what's called trine, which is 120 degrees, that's very complementary. And then when you have half of that, which is 60 degrees, 60 plus 60 is 20, it's called sextile. So within about five hours, the moon is going to move into zero degrees uh, uh, Leo, and, or uh, uh, pardon me, uh, Aries. The uh, moon is going to go into Aries, and the sun is, going, is now going into Leo, uh, zero degrees. And so that's going to have this trine type of situation. And this will be a little bit different for the observations to see here because I've always looked at squares and, and looked at um, oppositions, but now here this is something different. And the moon is going to its position at five hours from now is going to be just off the west coast of South America. Uh, and it's going to be three degrees north of the equator and then a little bit off the coast of South, uh, South America. Now, according to the uh, research has done so far is that then when the moon, wherever position the moon is over the Earth, is that it's at angles that where there's tension. And so at this trine, it's going to be interesting to see the number of earthquakes. Now, again, people can go up to the U.S. Geological Survey. We've always done this on the program. 
and see how many earthquakes have occurred. And so far uh, in the 22nd today, we've had three different earthquakes that are greater than 5.0, and they're 5.0, 5.2, 5.1 in the Tonga. And so that's not too many earthquakes. But again, we're in a complementary. This is not a real tension type of thing between sun and moon. So this is going to be, again, uh, somewhat like a research type of project. Well, what's going to happen as we go towards this trining position? If, again, does the the same thing hold? We've noticed the pattern before Mm -hmm. is that when there's few earthquakes that are 5.0 or less, then... Brian, stand by. Uh, We've got to take our commercial break. Uh, We'll be back in two minutes. Brian David Anderson, www.trivortex.com. Earth changes this hour, Exxon. And in the next hour, the lady who talks to Lady Diana on the other side. We'll be back. Don't go away. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine like hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining room can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you're visiting, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic Felsmere, or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, old Florida cuisine at its best. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Are you interested in the paranormal, ghosts, UFOs, or psychic phenomenon? Join me, Tim Bartley, co-host of Talking to Spirits with Lightworkers Tim and Justina, coming mid-January 2017 to the XZBN. We will channel spirits live and talk to them, revealing all kinds of amazing information. Spiritual attachments will be found and removed on the show, and so much more. To find out when you can listen to Talking to Spirits with Lightworkers Tim and Justina, visit www.xzbn.net for listeners on both sides of the veil.
Brian David Anderson's our guest, www.trivortex.com. And David, what do you see as far as the significance of this of this uh, change from one house to the next? Uh, what are you? Uh, I'm not tracking there. What are we talking about here? Or you said that something happens in five hours from now. Oh, yeah. The, 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 okay, now what's happening is that we have in five hours the moon is going to go into a trine position with the mm-hmm. sun. And the moon is going to be over at that time when it occurs. Uh, at that particular position, it's going to be off the west coast of South America, three degrees above the equator. Now, according to all the other research we've done so far, is that then the tension, if there is going to be tension on this trine, it goes at angles. So the angle at this time is going to be uh, somewhere around Hawaii, uh, Aleutian Islands, that type of thing. And just my feeling is by looking at the positions and et cetera, that we might be, it would be interesting to also to go up on the um, uh, websites where they track the volcanoes. And uh, there could be an increase in volcano activity uh, according to this particular type of um, uh, aspects. But it's still going to be somewhat of an experiment to observe because, again, we've talked about how many earthquakes are going to occur that are 5.0 or greater up until this trying position occurs in five hours and if it's really going to be relevant or not. So this is still sort of a real exploratory type of area because I've really never tracked anything on a trine. So if people can go up on the U.S. Geological Survey, look at uh, the uh, number of earthquakes that happen over the next five hours if they want to, or they can go back, you know, 24 hours from now and look at it. And uh, then because of where the angle is at uh, and located is, is there a, um, a more of an increase of volcanic activity or earthquake activity? And to me, it would be logically by the angle it's going to be the Aleutian Islands or why you're somewhere over in the Pacific area. So that's where we're at right there as far as sun-moon goes. And um, it'll be interesting again to track. Again, it's, it's been really fascinating to do this literally on a, on a public type of way, and hopefully there are people out there that are also tracking this. Uh, and... Uh, so it's like a, uh, a weekly experiment we do here on the XM. one 877 is toll-free. Brian David Anderson is our special guest. And, uh, Brian, you also, uh, we, we also want to talk a little bit about your new ebook that you have available to people who want to download it. Uh, check out the oh, facts yeah. and evidence, Reclaiming Our Freedoms and Liberties in the United States Constitutional Republic. All right. Sounds good. All right, Brian. Uh, first of all, where can our where can our listeners download the book? Uh, they can go over to the um, uh, uh, lulu.com, l-u-l-u.com, and uh, then type in my name, Brian David Anderson, and then uh, it's S-E-N and Anderson, and then it'll come up and uh, just if check back, but they should be able to download the PDF for free. However, there's been a little bit of problems with that as it somehow disappeared off my name, and I'm now trying to get that back on. So if you don't see it come back in a couple of days or within 24 hours, but for some reason it disappeared. And then the other way that you can do is by purchasing the book, but the book is available strictly for the printing and shipping costs only. I I do not make any profit off of it, so it's like something like $9 to ship to you. And again, that's just printing and the shipping, and that's it. It's a, uh, right now, it's a 
uh, a 60-page book, and it goes into uh, some really, really controversial type of areas, and specifically is, is that uh, this is a whole other take about what is behind, we've always heard the word or the phrase, the new world order. Well, mm-hmm. it is all of these events that are occurring uh, all the way from all this whole mortgage uh, uh, debacle to the North American Union uh, to what we talked about last week of where the IP servers are, uh, where basically when you go on the Internet, it's going to be like a cable company, you have to pay extra for it. You know, all these things that are coming at us, I mean, there's so many different directions. Is it all just happenstance, or is there something coordinated behind this? And is there an overall type of uh, uh, intention and goal, and, and who is guiding it? And that's what I address in the book. You know, speaking about um, the the Internet and everything else we talked about last week, uh, there was a special on TV the other day about what is uh, the the building boom in Dubai, and um, you know over in Dubai they are uh, they're just basking in the money that is being made off of the uh, off the oil. And I'll tell so the you, the question being though is it actually going to be the Dubai people that are going to actually end up living there, or will it be? Uh, for instance, right now is that uh, they're talking about there's a lot more rumblings right now about actually uh, charging a lot of people within the Bush administration for war crimes and actually bringing them to trial and that type of thing. And uh, who is actually going to end up within, say, 15 years living there? Will it be all of the elite? And that's basically who can afford to be there. Uh, It's going to be a tremendously expensive area. Mm -hmm. Uh, All the food is going to be shipped in. And so uh, a lot of contention is this is going to be where the ruling elite live in the world, and then places, uh, other places around the world are going to be just basically uh, uh, some sort Switch of agriculture shops. area to support that. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, uh, again, uh, who is going to live there? That's the key question, because they're not living there now. Uh, they're all building this, and there's not uh, the people of Dubai themselves and citizens are not going to fill it all up. It's simply the city is too big. Well, they're looking so, for a lot of tourism now. Well, again, that you look at a lot of the um, buildings that they're doing there, and that's not really set up for tourists. It is set up for people to go live there versus that of tourism. And so uh, I'm, uh, I'm kind of skeptical about, well, yeah, that's what we're doing. Is, this, is that a cover story? All right, do you believe that this is all part of the New World Order? I, I, you can't think, you know, you just really can't conclude but anything else but that because, again, uh, uh, people really can't afford to be there except the super-rich, and uh, there's not that much super-rich in Dubai. So the question being is, is this going to be somewhat like a haven for the original elite uh, to go to over the next 15 years. And as I said, then the rest of humanity is then doing agricultural type of work to support uh, these little centers like this. And so, um, uh, again, uh, you don't hear very much as far as when it comes to tourism. Well, this is all for tourism. Well, that means that they would be promoted. It. Mm-hmm. TV programs about it. You'd see all this old nice little things like, you know, you go into Alcapuca or something, you don't see any of that at all. We only see these pictures on the internet. You see nothing in the mass media about Dubai whatsoever. Oh, I don't know. Uh, uh, Discovery Channel has been playing a lot on Dubai lately. 
That's, that's news to me, then, of what they're doing yeah. there. It would be interesting what they're really promoting then. Uh, tell me, what got you interested in the New World Order? Uh, again, asking uh, type of questions, and uh, uh, there had to be something more than, per se, uh, they said it's the Illuminati, but then when you go to look at the Illuminati, it just kind of, well, you know, it's like a, you know, a fuzzy type of thing and really has no concrete behind it. I just really felt that there needs to be something more solid behind all of this, and that's what the attempt on this book is. To uh, What I always said over the years, it's like an onion, and you're always peeling back layers. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon you're going to get down to core, and, and then uh, each time, you know, pulling back a layer, pulling, and as over these years that I've been doing this, this is a, a 15-year, even a, I would even say a 20-year evolvement for myself of pulling back a layer and say, oh, yeah, we got it. But then you start looking more questions, and then lo and behold, there's another layer, another layer. And uh, I, what I cover in the book, I still don't feel is the ultimate layer. I think that there is something even a little bit more deeper than what I go to in the book. And, uh, uh, again, what I we discussed this briefly what I'm, two or three weeks ago, but the uh, when you look at the history of the United States, and then you compare that uh, to the relationship that the Vatican and the United States have had. It's been a very tumultuous one, and people don't realize that. Uh, is that uh, in 1867, the United States broke all diplomatic relationships with the Vatican. And why? Well, it goes back to 1778, and uh, Pope Clement XIV, I believe it was, uh, he issued a and said the United States Constitutional Republic is evil, wickedness, and uh, sin and needs to be destroyed by any means possible. And that edict and that particular proclamation that he made has never been withdrawn by the the, uh, Vatican, and it has never been apologized for. It has just stayed right like it is. And then you had all these intrigues and mysteries happening all the way up until 1867. Mm -hmm. And finally the politicians of the United States said enough and that's the most extreme thing they could do. There was nothing else more they could do other than breaking diplomatic relationships. They're probably, uh, along, according to the papers of a lot of private uh, and public uh, persons, including Abraham Lincoln, and that's when now this, uh, I've updated this book because I really couldn't keep out this quote that was in there by Abraham Lincoln. It's very, very telling. At the end of the book, and uh, the booklet that I've got, and I highly recommend, I'm not going to read it or do anything with it, but that's why I recommend that uh, it's one of the uh, quotes that has been buried over the years. You never hear this quote, and that's, again, Abraham Lincoln addressing the issue of the Vatican and the Jesuits, and it's very, very right straight to the point, and uh, he addresses it very directly and bluntly, and previous to that time, uh, a person had been falsely accused by the Jesuits, and uh, lawyer Lincoln defended this individual and actually then had the charges reversed and uh, got the man off and uh, it was you know, declared innocent. And it really enraged the Jesuits. And there was a war that, or let's say a war, but a real struggle between uh, Lincoln and the Jesuits over uh, 
a 15-year period. All right, let's talk more about this when we come back from the news at the bottom of the hour. Brian David Anderson is our guest, www.trivortex.com. We're talking about check out the facts and evidence, reclaiming our freedoms and liberties in the United States Constitutional Republic. It's a new ebook put out by Brian, and uh, we'll give you all the information on how you can get yours free online when we come back from the news right here on the Talkstar Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Brian David Anderson is our special guest this hour, www.trivortex.com. And Brian, we were talking about uh, the uh, fallout between the United States and the Vatican. Um, what effect has this had over the years as far as any any theological ties that the United States has had with any religion because, uh, you know, Vat- the Vatican is supposed to be the uh, corporate head offices of uh, Catholicism. Again, that's where it, the, the difference between, uh, per se, the Catholic Church and the Vatican, they're two different things, is that basically that is a city-state country mm-hmm. versus that of the Catholic Church. And so, uh, the, again, when they say they... Uh, Cut diplomatic ties. The diplomatic ties were with a city-state called the Vatican. They did not uh, sever ties per se with Catholicism. Uh, two different things. People may. I'm glad you brought that up because we had to you know, discern that and say, okay, there is a difference between the two. And uh, so uh, again, it was uh, the political intrigues and uh, everything going on for literally 90 years up until 1867. And one of the key things that the um, Jesuits were all for was starting a central bank. And many of the politicians of uh, the United States were adamantly opposed to a central bank. But then it's like Rothschild, one of the Rothschilds said, well, I don't care what type of system of government you have. As long as I own the bank, I own the country. Mm-hmm. And so when you have a central bank and... Uh, you basically uh, then can create what's called fiat currency. You basically print money out of thin air. Up until uh, 
December 23rd of 1913, the United States had no central bank. Hence, it always had to pay its bills. It stayed balanced. There was prosperity and growth for all levels of all the classes, and everything was really basically going up, uh, and it was expanding. As the Industrial Revolution was occurring, everything was moving on its way up. But now, uh, in 1913, they have the pass of the Federal Reserve Act, and this has, again, been fought for many years. Andrew Jackson, President Andrew Jackson, uh, basically shut down a central bank that was run by a man by the name of Nicholas Biddle, who was then doing the bidding for the Jesuits. And he shut that down, literally. And if you can imagine a president shutting down the Federal Reserve, well, that's exactly what Jackson did. And pulled all the money out, and basically then America had fairly good growth. But the key thing is about a, a bank, a central bank, is that what uh, uh, in a central bank you can get with doing what's called fiat currency, where you have nothing backing it up. But when you have the, the country, like in the United States Treasury Department, was running everything, is that you have to balance. You have to stay balanced, and you can't go into debt. And hence, when you go into debt, what does that mean? You can't go waging wars. War is a totally losing proposition for a country that does not have a central bank, and they're always paying their bills as we go, that type of thing. Well, that all radically changed in 1913 uh, when uh, this Federal Reserve Act, which was passed at the very last moments, uh, most of the majority of of the Congress was gone, they had a very small quorum that passed this in the very late night of December 23rd of, of, of 1913. And it was all this other political intrigue that I go into the book of, of building up to the Federal Reserve uh, and that Federal Reserve Act. But what happened then is that that was a fiat currency, which means is then you can print money out of thin air. What does that mean? Is that in a country... Uh, what we have done now since 1913 to wage World War I, World War II, uh, Korea, Vietnam, now Iraq, what do they do? They basically go to a private bank, doesn't belong to the United States government, has nothing to do with the United States government. It's a private corporation run by other bankers, and they've loaned money to the United States uh, of America to go wage its wars. There is no way that we'd have gotten in all the wars, that the United States would have gotten in all the wars had it not been for the Federal Reserve. Uh, and, and again, what's, what's, when you really look and when you peel all the wars back and you look at the causes and you look at the real true history, is who benefited the most out of these wars, and it's been the Vatican and the Jesuits. That's where, did the bottom the Je line. where did the Jesuits get all their power and their money from? Well, the Jesuits started out uh, as a counter-reformation group. Uh, literally 500 years ago, Ignatius Loyola uh, was given the task by the Vatican to crush the revolution or to crush the Reformation. And uh, people can go, can go up online, and a lot of places have where their original papers, how it's written out, that type of thing. And they took this very, very bloody type of oath uh, that started off the Jesuits. They still take this oath today, and uh, basically they were given the marching orders. They were. Uh, somewhat like if you compare it, and that's where, again, a lot of organizations like the CIA, the KGB, the SS of, of Nazi Germany, they, who do they pattern themselves off? And the, and the leaders will tell you this. They pattern themselves after the Jesuits because they work as a military intelligence subversive type of group. The reverse of that 
is more like an army, is what's called the, uh, the Sovereign uh, Military Order of uh, Malta, or they all call Knights of Malta. And they're more of an uh, open army, but when the army means that they're, they're laymen and they're uh, presidents and, of corporations and doctors and all sorts of people, and they are, per se, the Knights of Malta are an, under the Catholic Church. They started out in the Crusades, but in today's uh, uh, reality, the Knights of Malta work function as a army of the Vatican, and the Jesuits work more like CIA, or they work more like a subservient, you know, subversive type of group. They're always very much into the background, and that's where again is that there's but there's so much blatant evidence that's been put there for years. Uh, it, basically, a lot of it started being buried uh, around the turn of the century, around 1900, and uh, previous to that time. There are papers and volumes of books been written by it. Samuel Morse, who is the Morse Code, wrote yes. two or three books yep. about the Jesuits. And it goes on and on of how many people have written, but now a lot of these books have disappeared out of libraries. Uh, you have to go, uh, thank goodness there's the Internet, because a lot of these now banned books or these books you can't get. Uh, you get one copy of it, they put it on the Internet, that type of thing. And so... Uh, this right now is what the whole booklet is about, is to open up some eyes and act like a wedge into purchase, uh, people's consciousness and say, hey, look at this, look at the facts. That's why I say, check out the facts and evidence. There's just so much facts and there's so much evidence. Uh, over the years, 500 years of evidence that is there, of, I mean, a, and a, a totally bloody, violent history of the Jesuits. And that's all it's been is violence and blood and death from these people. Strictly, though, to try to uh, do the counter-reformation and their stated goals in their papers that Ignatius Loyola started 500 years ago. Go read the papers. The papers say is that they want to put all uh, humans under the control of the Vatican Pope. That's their goal. And... Uh, go look at the papers, the Charter of the European Union. Again, go look at those papers. And what does it say? Is the spiritual leader, and, and then quote the, also the quote leader of the European Union, according to his charter, is the Vatican Pope. And, and again, that's, we don't ever see that. No, uh, you don't. You don't see it on Fox News. You never see any of, the, any of these facts and histories. And 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 uh, you know why is there not in the American school systems today? The papers of our founding fathers, both private and public, that are, they just basically, there's so much warnings and concerns about the Jesuits throughout all the private and public papers of our, of our founding fathers up to about 1870, when they've all been buried, they've all been, uh, sequ you know, uh, uh, suppressed, and we're under, you know, basically, uh, but everything, the, basically what happened is in 1913, when that, Federal Reserve got switched over, and we were on a different type of money system. Basically, that is what changed America. Uh, uh, the Constitutional Republic was basically then really much the word Constitutional Republic was watered down. And we're just now seeing a lot of the fruitions and the edges of this uh, coming up. And we have, uh, you know, very typically we have a uh, Alberto Gonzalez, a Roman Catholic, who is the uh, Attorney General for the United States. Two years into his tenure, he makes the statement, the United States Constitution is now a, docu a dated document. 
and uh, that's where again it's been a, a major major assault for people why why does this uh, uh, whole constitution and the Bill of Rights why does it concern the Jesuits in the Vatican well I recommend that everybody go read the Constitution and the Bill of Rights of the United States, whether you be a Canadian or American. Go read those documents, and you will see what concerns a lot of people, especially if they want to have some sort of theocracy rule that you cannot have a uh, persons that are sovereign into themselves and having freedoms and liberties and then also being able to input those freedoms and liberties into the guidance and the leadership of the United States. And uh, I give a lot of examples there, but it's it's only 50, 60 pages, but you, I could have expanded it very easily to 60,000 pages. But I just give it down to 60, and, and hopefully it is an inspiration for people then to go out and do their own research, because you could also do the same thing of the history of the, uh, of the Jesuits in Canada. You can do it in the Philippines. You can do it in Japan, uh, all throughout Europe, Africa. There's not a place on this earth that there is not something there where there is a bloody uh, type of history in relationship to the Jesuits and to the Vatican. You know, when people think think of Jesuits, they think of the very uh, religious-orientated, there are many Jesuit schools out there. you know, the Jesuits are... I will, I will take an example, and this is not an indictment to everybody, but that's where, again, I go into an example of a, of a Jesuit by the name of Edmund Walsh. He was ordained a, pre, a, a priest in 1902, mm-hmm. and he went to Jesuit Seminary. Uh, and then, uh, But then, here was a teaching uh, Jesuit at Georgetown University. All of a sudden, this Jesuit en- ends up participating in the Versailles Treaty in 1919. Now, how does a Jesuit do What and why? Why would a Jesuit priest be at the Versailles Treaty ending World War One? Why? I mean, that still that boggles. But now he's at this uh, uh, Versailles Treaty. He comes home, and he says, well, you know, the U.S. diplomats aren't really well-informed, not really educated. So we're going to, in our generosity of our heart, we're going to start our own little foreign service thing. So Georgetown University starts their own foreign service training type of thing. And who ends up there? A notorious person by the name of Carol Quigley is in, ends up being one of the students there who then mentored uh, uh, Bill Clinton who and, and then Madeleine Albrecht. We also have a guy by the name of David Addington that is also a graduate of this foreign uh, school out of, of uh, Georgetown University. And he is now the chief of staff for uh, Dick Cheney. And he then makes this declaration, uh, and I put this in the quote in the book. I don't have it here in front of me. But basically there was a FISA court that was set up uh, to deal with wiretapping. And he, he, he made the statement, we're only one bomb away from getting rid of this stupid court. And now there has been many... Um, uh, calls, especially amongst Europeans, is that they want to bring David Addington. Here he is, a graduate of this Walsh foreign school, and they want to bring him up on war crimes. So that's the legacy of Walsh, who started this uh, uh, foreign school, which was totally a violation of the United States Constitution, of separation of church and state. 
And then also this Walsh uh, ends up at the Nuremberg Trials. Now, why was a Jesuit priest at the Nuremberg Trials? He was participating. He wasn't just, you know, an observer. He was a major participant in all of it. And I go into the reason why in the book. And uh, he, got, he ends up in Russia also. Here is now, here's this teaching Jesuit priest. He goes to, he's at the Versailles Treaty. He starts this foreign service. He then ends up in Russia for a year or so. There's many people contend that he was also making contacts with people like Stalin and etc. So he was a real busy boy. Yeah, and so here he now, uh, you know, he's supposed to be there for the famine relief for Vatican, but then he comes home and writes this book about the Bolshevik Revolution, and it puts him on the major uh, Class A cocktail surrogate in in Washington, D.C., in the East Coast. So if you just look at the biography of one person, Edmund Walsh, there is, removes any type of doubts that the Vatican is involved in this new world order. All right, Brian, stand by. We've got to take our final break. Brian David Anderson, Trivortex.com. We'll be back after this break. If you've ever wondered about past lives or even life between lives, and you think the whole idea is a little strange, you're not alone. Dr. Georgina Cannon, author of the books Return, Past Life Regression, and You, and her latest book, Discovering the Interlife, writes her books to remove the woo-woo from these regression protocols and to show the therapeutic benefit and opportunities that happen with these journeys. Discovering the Interlife is the one book you'll need as you continue on your life journey. As Shirley MacLaine said about the book, This is a very, very powerful work. So be kind to yourself and find out more about Discovering the Interlife at www.lifebetweenlivescanada.com. That's www.lifebetweenlivescanada.com. You'll be glad you did. To contact Dr. Georgina Cannon at the Ontario Hypnosis Center in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, visit www.ontariohypnosiscenter.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Hi, I'm Larry Lawson, host of Paranormal Stakeout. With over 36 years in law enforcement, I have learned a few things. The most important is the proper gathering and preservation of evidence is vital to putting the bad guy behind bars. It's no different in the world of paranormal investigation. Whether it's the search for the afterlife, cryptozoology, UFOs, and extraterrestrials, how we gather the evidence, preserve that evidence, and present it to a jury of our peers will make the ultimate difference in proving the existence of worlds and entities that are beyond our imagination. Join me, Larry Lawson, every week on Paranormal Stakeout when, along with my guests, we'll take a journey to prove with indisputable evidence what man has struggled to believe for centuries. Go to xzbn.net for the broadcast schedule and check me out at paranormalstakeout.com. True healing must address four levels. 
physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. Brian David Anderson is our special guest. Uh, Brian, when do you think the New World Order will make its move and come right out and take control? Uh, well, I, again, I think they've already done that. I mean, all they're going to do is tell us that they did it. Mm-hmm. So it's already been done. I'll finish this thing on Walsh, sure. though. The reason why I brought that up, this Edmund Walsh, is that he was one person, and a lot of just the rank-and-file Jesuits, Catholics, uh, just general citizenry did not know what he was doing. And, uh, and, all, and his minority of people, and that's the whole key thing is, is that those persons that are going into the, to actually gui- guiding this new world order, they're only a very minority. Uh, again, people don't realize uh, uh, a lot of background and uh, uh, other things is, uh, for instance, the Georgetown University is one of the hubs for the Jesuits. If you took a poll today and of all the Jesuits and asked them where was the Patriot Act written, and this is, again, the very dreaded Patriot Act that gutted our Constitution and turns the United States into a basically a police state, if you asked them well, where was the Patriot Act written, nobody, they couldn't tell you. They couldn't tell you that the reality is, is where was it written? It was written by a... Vietnamese immigrant. He was a descendant of the uh, Vietnamese hierarchy during the Vietnam War. He came over here. He was educated by the Jesuits, and he is now a professor at Georgetown University. And uh, he is the one that was a principal writer of the Patriot Act. And, 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 and if you try to take a poll again of most Americans, they don't mm-hmm. know. And if you took most a poll of most of the Jesuit priests, they wouldn't know either. So, again, what we're trying to say here is that it's a very small minority, and that's, again, the purpose of this book is to let's open it up. The, uh, the, the uh, power structure is, like, again, like that of a pyramid, is that at the basic of it, people don't know what's going on, but as you then go up and up and up and get to that peak of that pyramid, then you're, given, you know, you're, you're in the end for more information of what's really going on. And at the very top, then, uh, uh, but the top of that pyramid, regretfully, are two people, and that is the white pope and the black pope. The black pope being uh, the, the leader of the Jesuits, and your white pope is what uh, is uh, now uh, the head of the Vatican. And many researchers, and I'm one of those persons, that believe the black pope is actuality. The head of the Jesuits is actually the, the power of the world is underneath. Jesuits, and not this front person who wears the black. The Jesuit always wears the black, and the white, the white pope always wears white. But the black is actually the one that's in real charge. Brian, thanks very much for joining us tonight, my friend. You take care. Have a good week.
And we'll speak to you next week. Brian David Anderson, www.trivortex.com. Now, when I come back from the news at the top of the hour at six and a half minutes past, Marsha McMahon is going to be joining me. We're going to be talking to her about two of the people that she channels, Lady Diana and John Lennon, right here live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. We'll be back right after the news.